from the campus of Utah State University, we bring you the Statesman Sports Desk Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Statesman Sports Desk Podcast. I'm Dalton Renshaw. As always, I'm here with Jason Walker. Jason, how's it going? It's going. All right. And I'm also here again with Stephen Box. How are you doing? What's good? So... Uh, we are back again, uh, as we mentioned before, for the second half of the Utah State football schedule today. So we're going to pick right off, uh, right where we left off last time with Air Force. Um, so we talked about the Nevada game a little bit towards the end of the podcast last time. And so now we're moving into Air Force. Uh, Utah State will be playing in uh, Colorado Springs for that one. Um, a game where uh, it was probably their closest game that they played last year, um, at least at home. Um, if I remember correctly, that was a game where Utah State was up, I think uh, was 35-14, to 14, and then uh, Air Force had kind of a late surge, pulled it closer, and ended up being a 42-32 to 32 win. Um, and that was one of the first games where uh, Jordan Love kind of, I mean, after obviously the Michigan State game, right, but uh, kind of showed what he's capable of in that one. Um, but some other things about it, just real quick, uh, excuse me, three and four all-time um, between these two teams, Utah State losing the four. Um, what do we see, gentlemen? Well, you kind of always know what Air Force is going right? to bring. They're going to bring about 100%. 300 rushing yeah. yards per game. Consistency. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the same team just wherever they've had with Troy Calhoun for uh, heaven knows how long he's been there. Uh, I think I saw somewhere saying this is like his 14th year or something like that. I think 13th, so yeah, right around there. So really long tenure head coach and kind of perfect for that Air Force program running the, the triple option or whatever they're calling it these days. Uh, this is a game I think Utah State's really going to struggle with because, first off, they lost the three previous games to Air Force prior to winning last year. So they're right. now one and three in the last four years. And just whenever I've watched them, I mean, even last year, you, you watched them struggle against Air Force's run style, even though I think Utah State's going to have a really good front seven. I mentioned I think they're going to be the best in the conference. They're still going to struggle, I think, just because Air Force runs it really well. They're going to return a lot of their main rushers this season. They think they lost their their top rusher. Yeah. Um. So. But they returned Rimberg, who's actually uh, you know, yeah. was really close behind Fagan last year. So. Yeah, and they just fill these guys in anyway. It's just you know reload these guys every year, and they create a lot of opportunities. And just the one frustrating thing is that Air Force like their pass play is a toss. Right. And they get like ten yards in a first down like every time against Utah State. Yeah. Like that's their third and eight play is a toss. Mm-hmm. And they get like thirteen yards on it. Which is super frustrating. Yeah. It's, it's a freaking toss play. Right. Well, and it's funny too, because like the two quarterbacks that they kinda have vying for the position, the starting job right now, um, I've read a lot of things behind it and some people feel that Hammond is the better passer, some people feel that Sanders is the better passer. So I'm not exactly sure if we're you know, what we're gonna get there. Probably still not a ton of explosiveness in the passing game just going yeah. off of you know traditional right. air yeah, well, well as far as better passer you're looking at the difference between eight passes a game and 15 passes right exactly so right it's it's not much although usually those against utah state those few passes they'll be for 24 yeah. yards here 17 yards there and just, it's like a trick play almost exactly yeah. when right. they run their pass plays well and they always seem to get like you're saying they seem to get those catches where they need them and this year they have three wide receivers at six three plus plus their tight end mm. is at six two so they got some tall guys yeah. so yeah. that's going to be a challenge for our secondary yeah um and it'll be interesting to see because like you're saying that's air force's deal 
they wear you down with that triple option. It's, yeah. you know, we're going to hit you, you know, keep wearing you down. And then we're going to throw over the top for a stupid play that should be easily, you know, defended, but you're so committed to the run. Exactly. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it's tough again, that they're going to be at air force. Like you guys are saying, we're not playing the greatest there. Um, and like you're saying too, even from last year, that they're a resilient team. I mean, even into mm -hmm. the fourth quarter, they were still pushing, trying yeah. to make something yeah. happen. Well, and interesting the way that this kind of matches up to, um, at least going off of last year, their Air Force's rush defense was pretty good, pretty formidable, um, but their pass defense not very good. And I watched a game, I think it was against Nevada, and there was just so many open routes, everything past the secondary. Um, and that figures to be Utah State's strength, at least heading into the season, is their pass game. So is that something we could see maybe they're going to exploit in that game, or what do you guys think? Yeah, definitely, and that that's going to play right into Utah State's strengths. I think their strength is definitely going to be in the passing game. You're going to see Jordan Love slinging the ball all, all over the place, you know, averaging maybe 35 attempts per game, depending yeah. on, you know, how close some of these games are. Because in close games, Jordan Love will throw the ball 45 times. But in the blowouts, he's throwing, you know, 23-24. Right. Which is... Pretty high considering it's a blowout and only yeah, exactly. played two and a half quarters. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, you know, teams where Utah State can exploit the secondary, then I think they have a real good chance to win. And that's, like, when I keep looking at this game on the schedule, I think Utah State should win this game. If, if we're optimistic about the season, Utah State should win this game. But there's just those little nagging things of, well, they lost three straight coming into last, before last year. It's at Air Force, and... There's just these things that can kind of nag at you that you think they could very easily drop this game yeah, if, they don't, if they don't play well. Yeah, I, I don't think you ever discount Air Force. They always are going to play tough regardless how their season is. It's always going to be tough being at Air Force, being at the academy, and trying you know, to get things going depending on how weather is, what we're, we're starting to look like mid-October is when this yeah. game is. So um, hopefully it should be fair weather. It shouldn't be too big of a problem. Uh, but they're definitely going to need our wide receiver core to step up. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's move on to the uh, next one, something I think most people are going to be anticipating, <laughs> looking forward to on the schedule. I know you wrote something about this in one of your recent articles about how this might be kind of the, the whole crux of their season is this is the breaking point right here. It could either turn into you know a turnaround season for BYU or just completely fall under. Um, what do we see looking into this BYU game? Well, with BYU, uh, in my uh, my optimistic and pessimistic predictions, I predicted that Utah State, obviously this is an optimistic prediction, Utah State will end BYU's chances of bowl eligibility by making by putting them at like 1-7 or I think something of that, to yeah. that effect. I, I don't remember all of the exact scheduling, but I remember Utah State, or BYU, excuse me, has a really tough schedule this season, and if I'm being fairly pessimistic about how they're going through their season – you know, they'll lose most of their games. I don't think BYU is a bad team. No. It's just they're playing a lot of um, really tough teams. I actually kind of like Zach Wilson. I've watched a little bit of film on him. He's very much overhyped by BYU fans and saying that, you know, I've seen people say that, you know, he's better than um, Tyler Huntley. I almost called yeah. him Trevor Huntley. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Tyler. <laughs> any BYU fan is going to say that any yeah. BYU player is better. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, they can't say Utah player is better. Yeah, it's just, there's no way they're going to say yeah. that. Yeah. So, so you look at uh, Zach Wilson, he's got some accuracy things that I, I don't quite like. There's, he's not quite as accurate on a lot of throws, but he's not really 
terribly inaccurate, and he's also super athletic. Which and he's going to be a sophomore. Yeah, he's still super young. Yeah, and so you could really work with him. Heck, Jordan Love, I think, had some accuracy issues as a freshman. He had, yeah, yeah, like he was fifty-five percent or something around there. there. Yeah, uh, as far as completion percentage, and heck, I think Wilson was even better than that. His freshman, his freshman, uh, like six games or however yeah. many he started. Well, so he, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, Ann Wilson had a shoulder shoulder surgery. I always have a tough time with. I don't know why. Shoulder uh, shoulder surgery over the the off season. So that may be come into question as well. I, it it is awesome that he is a little bit more mobile, which in my opinion seems to have done better for BYU in the past. Mm-hmm. However, they also have a good wide receiver core that they're gonna have to use. And can Wilson take advantage of that with a decent O-line is going to be a big question. Right. Well, and I think kind of going off of that a little bit and how they might figure out to play, they lost, obviously, Squally Canada from last year. Um, but a guy that was, you know, really good, and I saw him kind of filling in for the times that Canada wasn't actually in the game and led the team in rushing, uh, Lopini uh, Katoa. He actually really impressed me, especially in that Utah State game last year. Um, and typically, like you're saying, BYU likes to have a little bit more of a running threat, especially from the quarterback position too. Absolutely. And they kind of rely off of bigger receivers, bigger tight ends, and you have a guy in Matt Bushman who's going to be really good in that area. Um, but I don't know if that's enough to make me say that they're going to be like a real big threat in the passing game overall. Would you agree or what do yeah, you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, they're going to have to work things out with Wilson and hopefully – you know, get them more comfortable, you know, maybe not always just take off when pressure comes, but rely more on his offensive line, just make good, smart throws. When you figure he's going to be getting a lot of pressure in this game, you know, with the guys that are on, like you're saying, the front seven of Utah State. Well, and and they don't have the luxury of manganing it down the field for Hail Mary at the last second to win (laughs) a lot of their games. Um, But honestly, man, I've been thinking about this game a lot because – this is a must win for Sataki because for sure. BYU fans, I mean, this is his fourth year. You haven't beaten Utah in almost a decade. And now the team that you guys have always said is, you know, the garbage right. team of Utah has now been, you know, putting yeah. work on you guys. They've lost three of the last five. Yeah. Right. And so I think for Sataki, this has to be a must win. Like you're saying, I mean, aside from it just being bowl eligibility, it just has to be at least we beat Utah State. At least we're not yeah. the worst team in Utah right now. Something. <laughs> yeah, and while I'm fairly confident Utah State will be able to beat BYU for a number of reasons. I think obviously having a better quarterback, having a better front seven, and yeah. obviously workable secondary. And just They're going to have enough pieces, but BYU could still pull this off. Granted, it's going to be at Utah State this year, and it'll be a sellout. It'll probably be the first sellout uh, game of the season. And probably the first sellout in like two seasons, to be honest. Basically, <laughs> oh, there since, was not one last year. That yeah, there sure. wasn't last year. The, the best was Air Force, yeah, which was also the best home game, coincidentally right. enough. Right. <laughs> um, probably the last sellout was either the last time they played BYU or Boise State, whichever has come more recent. I I don't know. This would have been back in yeah, you know, two thousand and I think it was Boise State was later in the season, but anyways. Yeah, it was Boise. Yeah, it was Boise. State. So that would probably have been close. We came to a sellout and had, had lost that game by thirty points. But yeah. Yeah. I think the big thing here is that Utah State's going to have to remain diverse on offense. They're going to have to really distribute the ball really well, which Jordan Love's really good at. Mm -hmm. Wright's going to have to have a good game. BYU still has a really good defense. You know, the big questions for them are on offense. So 
Utah State being at home, they're going to have to be productive. They're going to have to get BYU on their heels. And again, another persistent team in BYU. They're not just going to lie down, you know, once we run the score up, they're going to keep fighting. Right. You know, unfortunately, they've come back in years past where we've had some momentum and then lost it, even mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. Well, and so that's a good transition. We'll move into the next game. Another team who looks to, I mean, be absolutely dominant on defense, uh, had the 14th ranked defense in the country last year and kind of carried them to the spot where they made it to the championship game, right? The Mountain West championship game, Fresno State. Um, they're a team that they lost quite a bit on offense. Um, they lost Mar Marcus McMarion, who was, you know, kind of their key signal caller for the last two years. They returned Ronnie Rivers, who um, he's figures to be a good back and, you know, continue. They like to do a lot of things out of the backfield in the passing game as well. And um, but they ended up losing, I believe, their top three wide receivers, if I'm not mistaken. Two of their top three. Two of their top Jared three. Jared Rice will return. He's their, their second from last year. Okay, so maybe a little bit of questions on on offense, but uh, their defense is still just as stacked as ever. Yeah, yeah. So they, yeah they lost similar top leading tacklers, but I, you know, they, they obviously do return a lot of the talent. So defense, obviously, like I said, it's going to be their strength. So it. Maybe Utah State will have to try and do a grind it out win. Maybe almost uh, look back at last year's Wyoming game maybe yeah. for a, a model which doesn't bode well for the Aggies right. if, if in that kind of a game. Yeah. The, the two opponents being Wyoming and Fresno State seem to be a little bit different in skill level. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but we, I mean, we did talk about that that this year is going to be a lot more of a grind out. Season, oh, for sure. You know, so they're going to have these games and they're going to have to get better at them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that late in the season, you know, we were working at like week uh, nine, it looks like um, you're going to have to. You're, that's the point in the season where it doesn't matter what team you are, what conference you play for. Um, you're grinding out games at that point because there's just not much time left. And you've been six, seven weeks in the season and you're just looking for wins at that point. And like you're saying, it was easier for Utah State last year with, you know, a couple of games. They're either able to blow teams out pretty early and kind of rest players late in the game. But that's just not going to be the way it is this season. Yeah, and, and health may come into effect. We might be missing a player or two, or Fresno State could be missing a player or two. And that's the way with all these games, you know, from like maybe Air Force or so onward, you're really looking at maybe missing a couple of your guys. Your opponents will be missing a couple of your guys. And it becomes a battle of, well, who's, you know, it's coaching and maybe a little bit of depth as well. Like who's, you know, coaching around the weaknesses that have popped up because you're missing a, a good player or two or a starter or two. So, yeah. You know, maybe one or two of the wide receivers for Utah State's down. Maybe Gerald Bright tweaked an ankle and he's not in the game for some reason. Or David Woodward, Tipanalier. There's a hundred different factors that could come into right, here that right. could tip the scales. Because maybe if Utah State has most of their players healthy and maybe Fresno State's missing a couple of their key defensive players, then that could swing the game. Because that's pretty much what swung last year's bowl game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they lost their you know their top quarterback. Right. They Their top wide receiver didn't even really dress for the game, if I understand it right. So their their offense got crippled and their defense played okay given the circumstances. Sure, sure. So let's let's just figure that both teams are you know at full health in this game. And is there anything that you see from Fresno State specifically that they can look to exploit against Utah State? Well, if pressuring Jordan Love, they can do it. Like that's yeah. that's going to be the biggest key for pretty much every opponent of Utah State this upcoming season is trying to get to Jordan Love and bother him. Because mm -hmm. if you can bother him then that could cripple Utah State's offense because I'm not exactly bullish on the the run game. Yeah. Um, I could be proven wrong there, but I, I think that's not going to be the greatest strength for Utah State. 
And so most of their offense, like I said, we're going to be looking at a high-volume passing attack. And if you can neutralize that passing attack or you know, make it not nearly as much of a strength, then how is Utah State going to score points? Right. Well, and similar to a team we're going to look at here in a little bit, um, they have a good combination of really dangerous pass rushers and really capable players in the secondary where it's almost like if you know you're getting to the quarterback and you have maybe a little bit of time to throw there's you know you got guys all over the field that can step into those lanes and make right. something happen on defense well and like you're saying is that utah state's gonna have to my big question for this year is the wide receiving and how well they're gonna do you know Savon scarver uh had a pretty pretty productive year last well last year as well as uh nathan and they're gonna have to really step up and i actually kind of disagree i think that gerald bright is a phenomenal running back and Mm -hmm. we had the luxury of you know obviously having thompson as well but i think gerald bright you know almost rushed for a thousand yards last year with the more of the weight being put on him granted this is going to be a tough defense you know he may get a little bit more banged up uh either prior or, or during this game um but for utah state and the the lucky thing for them is pretty much everybody's secondary is is garbage this year in the Mountain West. There's a lot of teams that have lost a lot uh, of, of strength in that way, and so Utah State is going to have to capitalize with with getting better at the pass, well, staying consistent and right. you know productive. They're not bad. Yeah, so winning this game is going to come. A lot of these games, it feels like it's going to come down to whether or not Jordan Love throws for 300 yards. That may all, that may end up being almost an indicator. Like, did Jordan Love throw for 300 yards? Then they won. Yeah. Or at least they were in the game uh, in a lot of these cases. See, I don't know. I almost disagree a little bit where I think <laughs> I think their running game is capable enough to if Jordan Love's having an off night. And where you say a lot of teams have lost a lot of depth in the secondary, um, a lot of teams have, but there are still those teams like like we're talking about Fresno State here and Boise State later on who just have – absolute you know a depth. depth and is probably the strongest unit on defense um so i think a lot of the games that we're looking at here on the schedule especially towards the back end are gonna be relied on heavily for the run game so i guess my question is do you think if it better whether it be bright or somebody like jalen warren or somebody like maureen walker having to get you know 30 40 combined carries do you think that's going to be enough to push them over? Or do you think that if Jordan Love's not the one controlling the offense, it, you can just basically chop it, chalk it up as a loss? So unless Gerald Bright exceeds my expectations, which are obviously lower than a lot given his stats from last season, I'm curious about Jalen Warren mm-hmm. um, just because of what you know, he's able to do in uh, junior college. Right. He hasn't played on the Division One level yet, but yeah. where he has played, he's absolutely excelled. Yeah, and so it's kind of like with Darwin Thompson. You can kind of see that there's obviously some, you know, let's wait and see, obviously, with that transition from sure. junior yeah. college Division One, like you said. Um, we just don't know. But I am curious because if, if Jalen Warren can be as good as I'm hoping he is and kind of the same thoughts I had with Darwin Thompson last year, yeah, that'll certainly help because then you're going to have two backs again. No, I'm not here doing Joe Bright, and I could be proven wrong. I've been wrong before. Uh, <laughs> very wrong before. As we all have, Jason. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but again, a lot of this is going to come down to the offensive line. A lot of my worries about Bright and just the run game in general. Yeah, again, very fair it, point. It, it, it so much right. boils down to this offensive line. I, I think Aggie fans don't quite understand how much rides on the offensive yeah. line this season. Because last year, 
nobody talked about the offensive line, and that was because they did their job. Exactly. And so nobody noticed. Exactly. Right. You only Which is no- exactly how it should be. Yeah. You don't notice how bad your offensive line is, or like you know how. G- you don't notice the offensive line until you have a crappy one. Exactly. Exactly. And well, yeah. Go ahead. I was just saying that's, that's pretty much all I have to say. Yeah. It's just like it, if Jordan Love has a good offensive line, most of my worries about him being pressured go away, and most of my worries about you know my reticence about Gerald Bright or Jalen Warren, like all those go out the window because of the offensive line. You can make almost anybody look good. Right. So it's so much rest on this offensive line, <laughs> which it could ship. It could change. Utah State going four and eight to another eleven and two season. Yeah. So okay, then let's look at the next game because you have a team coming up, um, Wyoming, who their their schedule or their excuse me their their performance last year, like we've talked about a little bit against Utah State, was one of the more difficult matchups uh, that Utah State had on the schedule, and a lot of that was to do with. Um, you know, pressuring the quarterback. And yeah, that was, that was a game where the offensive line played worst. Right, uh, right. That came just, it was, it was awful. And, and, and the, the team looks to, you know, retain a good amount of the players that they had on, on, on their, at least their front seven. They lost some key players in the secondary, um, but they were a top 30 team in a lot of, car- uh, in a lot of categories, um, you know, with their rush defense last year. And I figure that's probably going to be another strength of theirs, just looking at, you know, who they have on the roster. Um, so kind of similar, like we were talking about with the last with the last matchup with Fresno State, is the running game going to be good enough? Is there going to be something else we're going to have to look for? What do you guys think? What are your thoughts on Wyoming? Well, even last year, even with the addition of Thompson, we struggled against Wyoming with the run game. We had a hard time getting things yeah. going on that front. You know, again, like you've brought up that there's a little bit of razzled love there uh, that wasn't able to produce much yeah is that a new flavor of starburst or something i'm I unfamiliar so. with the maybe new, yeah maybe uh <laughs> starbucks frappuccino <laughs> yeah could be could be now get it now um but it's something that utah state is going to have to overcome wyoming is a stout defense they control a lot of their games just you know we're gonna play hard-nosed defense and then in the fourth quarter we're gonna you know come at you with our offense so utah state's gonna have to be productive <laughs> One of the things I really do like about this game is that it's at Utah State. Yeah. Uh, that that lets go of a lot of worries for me. Just playing in Wyoming's difficult. Laramie has been one of the trickier places in the Mountain West in recent history, and yeah. I, I don't know if people fully understand how difficult it is to play there. Yeah, the, the altitude, it's not as bad for Utah State because we're only maybe a couple thousand feet below them. Right, yeah. As opposed to, you know, some of the teams that are going up a full 6,000 feet or yeah. like, you know, San Jose State's probably going the full 7,000. Yeah. Well, I think it might be a little bit more of San Jose State than it is about the altitude, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of questions there. Sure. A lot of problems other than altitude. But yeah, so just just playing at Utah State, being in front of the home crowd, and uh, that'll help so much with the offense. Uh, so... I won't be as worried, but again, if if it comes down to pressuring Jordan Love, like that was the reason Wyoming was in that game last year, right? Is they got to Jordan Love and he had the worst game of his career, all of fifty three yards, and I think his completion percentage was lower than that. Yeah. Uh, so if if he's not bothered, then he shreds that defense to pieces because their secondary is not doing anything to stop him. Yeah. See, one one thing where I think I might be wrong potentially is I think Wyoming will actually come to this game pretty well off i think they might be six and three five and four at the worst just looking at the teams that they played before this not necessarily saying they're going to be like a mountain contender uh i just think that like 
looking at where they're at in the schedule and you know maybe Utah State coming off the back of a couple really t- close games really tough games that maybe they're going to drop I think this could be a, a spot where they might come in with the same record and it's kind of like who's got the momentum coming into this one I think another big thing is going to be Utah State's front seven slowing down and stopping the run game of Wyoming yeah that's where they've been able to control a lot of the game where they've been able to you know, aside from their defense, just buckling down, just saying, like, we're going to keep the ball. We're going to wear you down. It's going to come down to that front seven just to being, you know, stagnant, just absolutely unmovable and really control that, which we've talked about. They could be really good this year. They have a lot of promise, but it's going to be something that Utah State really controls and, you know, just allows Jordan Love some opportunities, whether, uh, you know, Wyoming's defense is – you know, really good that game yeah, exactly. or, or, or otherwise that Jordan Love is going to have to create those opportunities for himself during that game. Well, and minus Jordan Love, you know, feeling a lot of pressure and having kind of a down game, like you're saying, that was definitely Wyoming's strategy coming into it. They controlled the ball for 37 minutes in that game, which is just an outrageous number for a college football game. And, you know, that's probably going to be their strategy again, just seeing that they don't have a ton of offensive weapons. I would imagine that's what they're going to try to do. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I think obviously trying to run the ball is going to be one of the key things it was last year, although they lost Nico Evans. One yeah. interesting thing about uh, controlling the run game is, uh, you know, which quarterback that which quarterback they decide to go with, either Sean right. Chambers or Tyler Vanderwall. Vanderwall was a terrible quarterback, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, I think you were saying a lot of Wyoming fans might even agree with that. Yeah, because yeah, I was up in Wyoming last year, and we were taking a tour for uh, student media, and the guy was – Pretty much every time you mentioned the football team, he wasn't really much of a football guy. Yeah. But every time you mentioned him, they'd crack a joke about Vanderwall sucking how much how much <laughs> everybody hated him just because he was that bad. Yeah. But in that game, Sean Chambers came in at halftime, who's probably he's not really a good passer either. Um, they didn't really utilize him as a passer, but he was a rusher, and that actually caused problems because Utah State actually did a pretty good job bottling up Nico Evans, who's probably one of the best running backs in the league last year. Mm-hmm. Uh. But in the second half, when you added the other threat of Sean uh, Chambers, everything fell apart. Yeah. Chambers ended up rushing for 100-some-odd yards. Again, yeah. that was in a half. Yeah. And Nico Evans, I think, rushed for almost 100 yards in the second half as well. So, although some of that, I think, came down to not being able to game plan for the dual-threat quarterback, or yeah. really just the Russian quarterback, who isn't really a dual-threat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's definitely a difference. For yeah. Sure. yeah. But if they can... Come into this game if they've been rolling with Sean Chambers or have been using him a lot, because I don't think Chambers has stepped on the field to that point for Wyoming last year. But Utah State might come in more prepared. It'll be interesting to see if they can slow down the, you know, the two rushing attack, the two pronged attack, from quarterback and running back, you know, with more preparation time. Right. So okay, let's let's move on to the next game then. Um, another game that I think a lot of people are anticipating. Uh, especially after last year's game where, you know, that was really heavily anticipated coming into the game. Utah State was definitely poised, thought they were going to win a, you know, win a conference, well, have a berth at a conference championship game, have one in Logan, and then kind of similar to maybe the game we were just talking about where uh, Jordan Love just faced a lot of pressure early on in the game, and it seemed to kind of rattle him for a couple quarters until, you know, he really did pull it together a little bit towards the end of the game, but just was a little bit too late. Um the one note I have about this game is that by this point in the season, you know, late November, the questions at quarterback, which are obviously huge questions, losing Brett Rippon, probably the best quarterback in the conference last year. Um, 
those will probably be sorted out at this time. And other than that, I don't really have a lot of concerns about their roster, what they're bringing back this year. What do you guys think? Obviously, losing Madison's another big one, but they have a couple backs um, who might be able to fill in. I don't know. Yeah, they have been able to fill out really well there. I think, again, like you're saying, a big thing is that uh, we keep bringing this point up of the offense uh, of coaches are going to have to do a really good job of just keeping Jordan Love mentally straight. Yeah. You know, there were some poor play calls last year that I don't, I didn't necessarily agree with in that game, but they're just going to have to keep him on a roll. I've brought this point up before that Utah State last year almost kind of mimicked uh, Oregon of years past when they had Mariota, who that they just were able to get on this tangent. And when they ripped, they just blew past. Yeah all of the teams that they played. But it's when, about gaining that early momentum kind of right. for and when And when they didn't have it, they struggled. And so Boise State's defense is going to be, you know, stout. They're going to be amazing again this year. Fortunately, we don't have to play on the Smurf turf <laughs> with, like, pure yeah. frozen, you know, cement and, yeah. I don't know, maybe chunks of iceberg. Who really knows? But we're going to be in Logan. We're going to have a better opportunity there. And hopefully, you know, mentally, love will be able to stay on the course. So. One thing you brought up, I think, with uh, you know offensive coaches and Jordan Love, it'll be curious to see how he evolves as a quarterback. Because last year it was very, I don't know if by the book is the right term. It's really just like he was. There were a lot of timing routes. Exactly. It was systematic, very systematic. I'm not saying Jordan Love's a system quarterback, but he benefited a lot from. All right, I drop back. I look this way. This is my read. Make a quick read and throw the ball in there. When he got on the roll in that way, he made it look stupidly easy. Yeah. And Again, it's, he he made a, he took really good advantage well, of yeah, the opportunities that he had. Exactly, and like you know, you could you can say maybe he didn't take advantage of all the opportunities he had. Maybe a second, third read. But when your first read's open all the time, it's kind of hard to tell if you're going to get to that second read if you need to, because you know you're just always throwing to the open guy. Yeah, and that's what you saw a lot last year. And so I'm I'm curious to see if he can evolve into a guy who can maybe maybe he'll have to improv a little more, move mm-hmm. around in the pocket. I, I mentioned my uh, analysis of his pocket presence, which is, which is kind of poor. Can he improve that? Can he improve reading a defense, truly reading a defense? You're not just making like his, he'll you know, do his hard count, and then he'll look over to the offensive coordinator who is making those reads for him. You know, yeah. what's, what's the play coach? They've showed this. It looks like they're playing man or whatever. Is he making those reads? Can he know see something like i see man so i'm going to go to this option instead of my primary option You'll yeah know those kind of things can he evolve that because if he makes that evolution and becomes a much better quarterback in terms of you know being a student of the game then that's where he can really help utah state win these really close games against boise state and you know fresno state these really good defenses because then how do you stop him right right yeah you just don't it's less about getting pressure on him and covering up his wide receivers to just you just have to pray he misses. Yeah. Well, and I think that's something really interesting about like how he's going to put it all together this season, hopefully, is that you saw early on this season, he kind of had a lot of those opportunities and performed pretty well against Michigan State in that very first game where he was pressured a lot. I saw him step up in the pocket, make some good reads. Uh, you didn't really make a ton of mistakes in that game, but then definitely towards the end of the season uh, in games like, you know, either the Boise State game or the Wyoming game, he did kind of start to feel a little bit more rattled. So maybe it's just putting together that consistency, that full body of work like you're talking about um, to kind of propel this offense to another level. 
Well, and I think uh, something to add to all that as well is it was a freezing cold game in oh, Boise. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of these guys are, you know, California, Florida, Texas. You know, that's a huge change going from nice, you know, warm yeah. fall weather to what it was like. I think it got in the negative weather plus wind chill. Well, yeah, and actually, so you you were kind of joking about it earlier, but um, the point about it being an icy field, we, I was actually at that game, and it was, it was like the, the rain had come down earlier in the day. And it kind of iced over a whole level over the field, and it just was not easy to play on. Like some of the players were talking about after the game, it was almost you know a little bit like gliding on top of the turf instead of you know digging in where, you know you can't necessarily always make the right cuts and stuff like that that you want to. Um, but yeah, anyway, so like you're saying about, um, I forgot what you're saying actually. Oh. Let me cut, cut that. <laughs> I got so focused on the turf that I was like, oh wait, wait. what was he actually saying? Anything else, Jason? No, that's all I got. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, basically, uh, to just sum it up on Boise State, they're they're obviously going to be the favorite in this, I would imagine, um, even Utah State being at home. Um, but let's just kind of to wrap this up, What's we've talked about some of the game plans that could possibly come in, but if, if one thing goes right for Utah State to beat Boise State, what's it going to be? For me personally, I think the big thing that, Utah State is going to have to do is be diverse. They're going to have to change it up. They're going to have to look for those open reads, whether that be using Bright or Scarver or Nathan. Uh, Jordan Love himself is going to have to probably be some be a little bit more mobile yeah. as, as he's been. He's going to have to be able to make those quick quick reads like you're talking about. Um, Boise State is, is just a solid defense. I mean, Pac-12 caliber yeah. defense. And so they're going to have to mix it up if they're going to have a hope to, or maybe just get like 14 interceptions like we did <laughs> yeah, a couple years. That's it. Yeah, might, might be. The curious thing on offense is that sometimes you can pull it off by just being dominant in one area, but unless yeah. you're doing like, you know, rushing for like 300 yards or something, you're throwing for 400. But other than that, if you're going to go through a whole grinded out game, then it's really hard to just rely on, Jordan Love throwing for 300 yards because he did last year against Boise State. Yeah. Like 319 or something like that. And two or three touchdowns. Like, I can't remember exactly what it was, but, you know, and they lost that game because maybe they, they can't run the ball. Or maybe they're not throwing, maybe not getting the right catches and right. at the right time. So, you know, and, this, and this is also assuming that Love is still healthy through the whole season. Yeah. You know, that they're not relying on Columbia or, or maybe even somewhere else. You know, hopefully, knock on wood, we don't have a disastrous quarterback season again Beasley Beasley yeah Beasley's the best running quarterback we got no knock on him at all like you're saying he's he's probably the best running quarterback but I don't want to see Peasley the season's gone wrong if you're seeing Peasley against Boise State I don't want to see well that or it's going really right well yeah yeah, that's that's a very fair point but really really right that's 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 very true Um, that's very true yeah but when you're playing a great team like Boise State you got to be good in just about every area defense offense you know you got to stop the run. You got to stop the pass. It's just the way it is in yep. football. It's not an easy out. Like they said, the championship always goes – the Mountain West championship always goes to Boise. Yeah, it's or, true. I mean, Boise coming to Logan, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> the technicality. Yeah, okay. So, and kind of to wrap it up here, final game on the schedule, um, you have New Mexico away. Um, and a team that I think we really tried to put a lot of research into to figure out how – New Mexico could possibly win this game, but I, I just feel like even with a lot of you know maybe attrition towards the end of the season for Utah State, they're still going to be in a very good position to win this one. 
Um, is there anything you guys see that New Mexico might be able to do to possibly get a win if there's a chance? Hope that Andrew Peasley's starting a quarterback. <laughs> so although it might be bad for Utah State, that is what they're hoping for. Even with Peasley, we yeah. still might have a pretty decent chance that Utah State wins yeah. this. Um, I don't know, just New Mexico should be better, but better from three and nine and losing sixty-one nineteen. Right. That's not good enough to beat this Utah State team. Even though I think Utah State will take a slight step back. Well, yeah. Utah State would have to take a big step back. New Mexico would have to take a big step forward. And then this game might be close, and it'll still be a coin toss game. So I mean, if Utah State is contending with Boise State, and you know they're, uh, what would their record be? You know, the twelfth game. So yeah, if they're, I've you seen. know, if they're seven or eight wins into an eleven game season thus far, then I don't really see New Mexico really challenging Utah State unless there's a real surprise on the Lobos' part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was even reading up, and the Lobos just recently switched to a spread offense, which mm-hmm. is a big change for any team. They do have some returning wide receivers and offensive line that that could be good for them. Uh, we'll see. Obviously, by then you'll pretty much know whether New Mexico is going to be a challenge right, or not. Right. You know, if they're uh, three and eight at that point, it's it's probably not going to look too good for them. But uh, it's just going to be hopefully a little bit e- easier of a game. Maybe a break. Maybe hopefully uh, right before Mountain West title game. Yeah. So I know we've talked a lot about Jordan Love in this podcast. We've talked a lot about the offensive line being a question. We've talked about, you know, a couple of things quite frequently. But is there anything else before we wrap this up that you think just as a whole Utah State needs to kind of focus on or you'd like to see them do? Um, and if you see them doing well, you kind of have a, a gauge of like, okay, this season's going to go well for them. They can't abandon the run, which I don't think they will because Gary Anderson never abandons the no. run. I don't think you can expect that happening. So I, I think it'll be good there. You know, I guess just just it just so much comes down to the offensive line. I, yeah. Again, I've stressed this way too much, but it, it can't be stressed enough that hin- so much of their offense will hinge on their offensive line. Whether or not Gerald Bright is able to repeat what he did last season, whether or not the backups will have decent seasons, whether or not Jordan Love will have the time to throw to his wide receivers and develop the things that we've talked about, just so much hinges there. And again, a lot of it's on Jordan Love's development because he's not going to have as much help this year. So can he make up for those differences himself? Because a quarterback can make up for so many different, you know, ills of an offense. Yeah. You know, bad receivers, bad running backs, in some cases even bad offensive lines. Yeah. So if he can make that, you know, change. We talk about all the weaknesses he have, and a lot of them are nitpicky, especially for a college quarterback. But if he can yeah. get rid of those weaknesses, then he becomes truly elite and they can have a season almost matching last season's in terms of wins and things yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't think that uh, Utah State is going to have to worry too much on defense just because Gary Anderson himself is a defensive-minded coach, and Mm -hmm. he absolutely has the tools to just make this an an amazing defense. Yeah, and so I think the questions really do follow more or fall more on the offensive on the offensive line and can the wide receivers produce because there is some turnover there. Jordan Love isn't going to have as many weapons as what he did potentially as what he did last year. So big step ups. Obviously, Utah State's motto for a lot of years has been next man up. You know, the the depth is going to have to make some big plays. Um, But I want to end by saying I totally think that Utah State can do it. Is it going to be a challenging year? Absolutely. But I do put a lot of faith in Gerald Bright 
in Jordan Love and in you know the remaining uh, wide receiver core that they can be another eleven and two team if they are able to answer some of these questions. Yeah, and if Utah State goes eleven and two, I feel like it'll be so much more rewarding than last season because it felt yeah. like a lot of last year's successes were handed to Utah State on the platter of a week schedule. Now they made so much of that by just blowing the doors off and setting tons of offensive records and whatnot. But if they can go, you know, maybe it's even nine and four, or ten and two, or something like that, or I don't know how the math works on yeah. those <laughs> on the on that on the uh, win loss thing, but that will feel so much better knowing that Utah State didn't really take a step back, and that they were at least the same team that you know improved in certain ways to allow them to go, you know, nine and three or ten and two. Yeah. Again, doing math on records <laughs> in a quick moment here. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be really nice to see them be able to do that and to show that they're not just that kind of one and, you know, then that's their magical season gone. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think this is definitely a season where people are going to be paying attention throughout the whole season. You saw kind of with some of the attendance numbers that, you know, midway through the season, teams, you know, winning by 30 points every game. You know, some people might not care as much because they think the team's going to win every week where I think this week's going to or this season's going to be week in, week out. You're going to have to tune in, see how they play. And I think people are going to be really excited to watch that. But I think that's pretty much it for us today. I appreciate you guys both coming in, talking some more football. As always. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.